You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hi everyone, this is Connie and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio. It is so awesome to be back here with you and I'm really excited because I have such an inspiring and beautiful conversation to bring you today with the incredible Cassandra Bodzak, who is a woman that I came across probably... Trying to think, it might have been about a year ago, or it could have been a bit less. I think maybe through her Instagram account, or it could have been YouTube. There's so many ways we find people these days, but I really resonated with her message because she shines such a bright, beautiful light into the world. But everything that she teaches is really practical and really relatable, and she gives you so many practical ways to apply what she's sharing into your life. So she immediately resonated with me, and I thought for a while that I wanted to bring her on the show and then the opportunity arose and I'm really excited that I get to have a conversation with her and for those of you who don't know her, I get to introduce her to you as well. So Cassandra is the founder of the online mind-body-soul support community Appreciative.com and a global meditation and wellness teacher who instructs people on how to utilize the technologies of food, meditation, and self-care to make peace with their bodies and their plates. Cassandra is the host of Eat With Intention TV, or you may know her as the happy, healthy living guru from the ABC's The Taste. Cassandra is an author, speaker, and certified kundalini yoga and meditation teacher. Her upcoming book, Eat With Intention, is all about quietening your mind, loving your body and nourishing yourself from the inside out, which sounds pretty damn amazing. Welcome, Cassandra, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. It is a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to be with you. I'm so excited for our interview. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into all of this. So I always love to open up with my guests just as a bit of a... um, just to give a bit of an insight on your journey, because I know so many of us come into this space of teaching this work because we've had a very powerful personal experience. And I know from reading your work, you teach a lot about um, creating a life that lights you up. And I'm wondering if there was ever a time that life maybe didn't feel so light. Maybe there was some darkness or some struggle or some challenges you were going through that were the catalyst for you to come onto this journey. So can you share with us a bit about what really brought you on to this path and has led you to where you are now doing the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Um, indeed, there were some times in my life where light wasn't so, uh, life wasn't so light-filled. <laughs> and um, that's really what brought me to where I am today. But my whole journey, it with intention, is really the compilation. And everything I teach right now is the compilation of my own journey and the tools I've picked up along the way and I have learned. And it all really started back in college when after years and years of body image issues and disordered eating, my body kind of revolted against me. All of a sudden, I started having these terrible stomach pains. I wasn't able to walk. Um, I had to sit out of my dance classes, which was kind of like my favorite elective. (laughs) And, um, And I just didn't know what was going on. I went to the infirmary. They tried a bunch of different blood tests. Nothing was technically wrong with me. I was, you know, as healthy as could be. Um, 
but I was still in so much pain. So, you know, I like to say divinely, you know, through some angelic guidance, I somehow stumbled upon an elimination diet. Um, but you know, really it was a a nurse that had seen me at the infirmary so much and mentioned it. And she was like, you might just want to take a book out of the library and kind of check it out and see if it sounds like you. And I did it and I was like, well, what do I got to lose? So elimination diet for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's pretty much when you take out the top eight allergen foods from your diet and then you slowly add them back in. Um, you know, you can just do the top eight, you can do whatever you like kind of intuitively feel is, you know, not working for your body. So at the time I took out dairy and I took out a lot of the nightshades that were, um, you know, highly inflammatory and I took out meat. And within a week, I was feeling better than I had felt in years. And more so than just healing my stomach pains, what that whole adventure really taught me was how important it was to love my body instead of fight against it, instead of trying to make it skinnier, trying to change um, change it from the outside and change it with diet and change it with exercise but instead to love on it through what I was eating, to love on it through how I was moving and to totally flip the way I was interacting with it. Um, And that began the beginning of a long, you know, courtship with my own body and learning to love it and talk to it and ask it what it wanted. And eventually uh, it got to the place where I was also able to really tap into it as an intuitive vehicle because our body can be so, you know, there's that saying your body knows before your mind does because or your body doesn't lie. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Your body can't lie. And I think we've all had those kind of experiences where, you know, you just meet someone and either your whole body lights up or your whole body shuts down and you can't deny it before you even can logically go through your head and say, do I like this person? Do I not like this person? Your body has just told you either like run for the hills. This person is like bad news or, oh my God, like maybe this person is someone you're going to have a relationship with. Mm. Um, and then my second kind of dark night was a few years later, back in 2013, I believe 2012, 2013, when I found out my little brother had an autoimmune disease um, called primary sclerosing chloringitis, which pretty much means his intestines and his liver eat themselves. Wow. And Mm. yeah, and my little brother is three years younger than me, and I just hit my knees. I had been so blessed. Um you know, till that point in my life without having to deal with the people who were super close to me's mortality. I had had some like older relatives pass away that was hard, but I'd never really had anything like that come in. And I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to, how I was supposed to go through my day to day, how I was supposed to, you know, carry on like a normal 25 year old knowing that information. And and it changed me because I, I finally I got on my knees and I got really desperate and I asked the universe, I asked God, I, I said, help me, show me how I'm supposed to deal with this. If I'm supposed to, you know, keep on functioning, I'm going to need some help here. And um, that that story is, you know, <laughs> is go, gets a little gets a little bit more descriptive in the book, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but you know. 
that day was a big turning point. And suffice to say that after that, I really, I really fell into meditation and I fell into my spiritual practice mm-hmm. and, um, and again, grew that journey and, and began connecting the dots between my spiritual practice, taking care of myself, eating foods that nourished me and really be a, being able to live a life that lit me up, even when circumstances, um, were rather upsetting. And so it seems with the approach with your work and the journey that you've been on, because I hear this sometimes from my guests too, it does start off as a health and wellness journey and it opens up to be this broad spiritual journey where sometimes there are a couple of challenging points that then cause us to crack open to a deeper level of this work that we're doing. Um, And so with the inspiration to write this book, uh, Eat With Intention, I know that you not only have recipes, because it's not just about food for you, you also bring in visualizations and mantras and meditations so can you just tell us about that whole kind of idea of how you you came up with this holistic approach of what you wanted to share in the book yes so this is funny um there are two really special instances that happened and like that kind of led forth to the creation of this idea and the first one was I had been on a tv show called ABC's The Taste I was a healthy, healthy, happy living guru, this plant-based chef. And after the show, and that was again, like kind of the fruit of that whole period after that dark night and dealing with all of that. And, and I had been getting all these kind of different offers from different production companies for different like spin-off shows or different shows where I would be kind of like the, the star of it. But Nothing was really singing with me because it was a little too reality TV for me and it was not as service-based. And I had, one night I was in my East Village apartment and I was just like, I need to meditate on this. I did like a two, a two and a half hour Kundalini meditation called Long Echo on Cars because I just wanted to know like what I was supposed to do. Like what was my next step here? I'm getting these offers, but I'm not feeling like they're aligned, but I still feel very passionately about sharing this message in a really big way. So, um, so I do this meditation and after it comes pouring out of me that my show is called eat with intention. And it's really taking the food conversation as kind of the gateway drug. And then while we're cooking, mm-hmm. kind of throwing in this life advice, throwing in this mindfulness advice, this self-care tips, Um, and so that was kind of like the first iteration of it. And that was the birth of eat with intention TV. Um, that same night I got a text from a director friend of mine who was like, I found an awesome kitchen set for us to shoot some cooking videos out of, would you, you, you have anything you're interested in shooting right now? And I sent him all my ideas and I was like, let's just shoot it. And we just shot it. And I put up on my YouTube channel and I, you know, I just did it all myself because I was like, I'm not going to wait for someone else to approve of the kind of thing I'm ready to put out in the world. And fast forward a few months and I'm at Wanderlust, which uh, we just happened to be talking about before we started recording this. I'm at Wanderlust and, you know, I'm the kind of dork that whenever I go to a, like a special event like that, I always go in with a very strong intention. I'm very conscious of, of, you know, this is what I'm asking for through this like beautiful alchemical experience that happens at those kinds of things. And so I went in feeling really torn between this one part of me that is a, a plant-based chef that 
very much feels like I've never been trained in that. And that's very much my magic and, and something that, you know, I'm an alchemist in the kitchen and I feel very passionate about, um, about that side of things, but I'm also a spiritual teacher and a meditation guide. And that's something that I'm also incredibly passionate about. And I've just kept on feeling like torn, like I couldn't do both. And they're both kind of like different things. And, you know, we're kind of brainwashed, I think, um, in the business world that, you know, you have to like pick one thing and just be really good at it and don't be too, you know, diverse or, you know, people will be confused. And so that was my wish, um, going into Wanderlust was to just get some real clarity on where the focus should be on where I should really start putting some more love into my, um, into my efforts, into my message. And again, after one class, I, in my meditation, I saw myself in a different life and I was in this little mud hut (laughs) with a bunch of people waiting outside and one by one they would come in and I was like muddling like herbs and berries and these different little elixirs for them and jarring them up and giving them to them and then writing out little prescription and my prescription would be like, you know, you know, do this mantra 11 minutes in the morning and 11 minutes at night and go, you know, bathe in the ocean twice a week, you know? Mm. And it was this very much food meditation and self-care little prescription. And that's how I was healing people. And after I came out of that meditation in class, I knew that that was my book. I was like, this is the book that I need to put out. I need to show people that it's a well-being trifecta, that it's not just about the food and it's not just about the meditation and it's not just about the self-care. It's truly about balancing them all and about how they're all pillars to help us really hold this beautiful life that we want to live. So the next day, I kid you not, the next day, I get an email and this is like one of those stories that's like (laughs) almost unbelievable. Mm. I get an email from a publisher that was like, Hey, one of our authors is a huge fan of you. And we were mentioning looking for someone to write like a juice or smoothie book and your name popped up. We looked at all of your stuff. We love what you're doing. We love your brand. Do you have any interest in doing this kind of book? Wow. Right. Like, (laughs) right. Mm. Um, And that's why, I mean, in so many ways, this uh, eat with intention, I truly believe is like on the wings of angels um, going out into the world because there, it could not have been more lovingly guided and held every single step of the way. And I, you know, they wanted me to do a juice and smoothie book. I literally word vomit to them this whole transmission that I received in my meditation Mm -hmm. (laughs) and (laughs) pitch them this, you know, book that's never really been done before in this way. And, uh, and they were all about it. They were so, I was, I mean, I was shocked (laughs) because I was like, this is a long shot, but I got to go for it. And they, loved it. They, you know, at first I kind of like, I switched it to be just juices and smoothies. Cause I was like, I can work with that with elixirs. And, and they were like, I mean, in my heart, I really wanted it to be all different kinds of food. Um, 
And then they, you know, they emailed back and they're like, we love this. And we don't even think we need to limit it to juices and smoothies. Let's do all the food. Like, let's do it. Um, and they agreed to do this book that like when we were looking, you know, for anyone who's ever done a kind of a book proposal or, you know, had those kinds of conversations, you always had to look at your contemporaries. You have to look at the people that, you know, the books you're going to go head to head with and not in a bad way, but just so that you get an idea for where your market is and, you know, what kind of books you'd be next to on the shelf and whatnot. And we had a really hard time with the, with intention, um, because there's really not much, I mean, there's very few books out there like it. Um, even traditional mindful eating books like that, this is like really not just a mindful eating book. Um, so yeah, so half of the book is a manual. It's, a literally a guidebook to working your earth suit or this body, right? So you can love it and accept it and release all the negative thoughts you have around it and then center back um, into the intuition that it naturally has for everything from asking it, you know, what to have for breakfast to should you go to Zumba to should you go on a date with that guy or should you quit your job? Um, And then the second half is uh, 75 different mantras and each little mantra prescription has both a recipe and a meditation that's specifically formulated for the energy of that mantra. Wow. I can see why there's nothing else out there like it. It sounds so (laughs) magical. Like, and it's this beautiful combination of all your gifts and your talents and what you're passionate about. You know, when you were telling that story, the thing that was just jumping out at me so much was your creative process is so beautiful and I just want to share it with people what I kind of noticed was it's like every time you hit a little roadblock kind of in your mind of what's the next step or how are we going to do this or you surrendered and I think what a lot of people on the creative path do is they just want to keep pushing or figuring it out in their head but I love the way that you then you stop and you surrender and you go into meditation and you ask for the next steps. And so much of what it sounds like you teach through even through food is intuition, that connection with our body to tune in and find the wisdom and the answers within, whether it's around what should I choose to eat or, yeah, should I go on that date or what should the book be called or what is the book about or like that, that information can just flow to you. How did you start to develop this incredible intuitive connection that you have? Did it come through just coming deeper into connection with your body or through your meditation practice? Um, yeah, I love that you pointed that out because I think that's something that I do um, at this point probably take for granted is just mm. how I how I roll. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's funny. I, I teach a – I have a light-filled business course that I created just because I don't really run my business like almost anybody I know. Mm. <laughs> and um, that's one of the things that I, I teach and I, I preach about is that, you know, give it over to, you know – your higher self, the universe, God, whoever your intuitive, you know, our body, um, give it over, um, get out of your mind. And that's when the best ideas come. That's when it flows. And I think I learned that through not knowing through, I've never, you know, I don't have an MBA. I honestly am repulsed by most online marketing classes. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm this, like, I'm like the most anti, like, 
quote unquote, like businessy girl boss ever. And I've created my entire business from intuition and from that connection. And for me, it's a lot of things. It's connecting to my higher self, connecting to God or the universe or, you know, whatever you connect to a source. Um, I really love connecting to ascended masters like Mary Magdalene, um, you know, Lakshmi, anybody that, again, anybody that really resonates with you, you know, angels like Metatron or, you know, Archangel Gabriel, who's responsible for, you know, a lot of the arts and creative definitely helped me write the book. And I, I love that connection for me. The fact that I don't know, my logical mind doesn't know the best way. There's no way if I sat and paid some coach $1,200 or whatever they cost. Um, And, you know, I'm a coach, so I don't like crap on that on any means. But I just mean if like if I paid some like business strategist to try to brainstorm book ideas, you know, I probably would like have thought of a bajillion book ideas. But the book idea that needed to come through me mm. was the one that I was going to find in that sacred space. The book that was going to be so held and so supported by the universe needed to come through that sacred space. And I believe that in so many aspects of our life, you know, the kind of secret intention, or not so secret, I guess, that I'm going to be more open about it, but my real like underlying intention with eat with intention is to give people their power back. Mm. (laughs) It's really a manual to give your power back to you and stop giving it away to everyone else and stop saying that just because so-and-so is a New York time bestseller, they know better than you. No, just because so-and-so has, you know, 7,000 degrees or whatever, doesn't mean they know better than you. Um, it's not about thinking that necessarily your logical mind knows best, but it's about trusting your intuition and knowing what's right for you. And knowing that if you're, you know, if you're meant to take a course, if you're meant to, you know, read a book, if you're meant to connect with a mentor, that's not that, that will be so clear if you listen to your intuition and you'll know exactly the right one, it won't feel like throwing spaghetti against the wall. It won't feel like aimlessly searching on Google. You know, it'll be like, Oh no, like this is the, I saw this thing and, and you can kind of allow the universe to bring it to you. And so for me, I think a lot of that started was because in the beginning of my journey, both journeys, (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. And I think in a way that was a really beautiful gift. And I still remind myself all the time that I really don't know what I'm doing. And, and when I, you know, I'm kind of humble about that, I can get out of my own way and I can take a step back. And, you know, for me, you could have argued either side for, you know, the kind of, should I go to the, which way should I go? That intention that I brought to Wanderlust, right? Mm -hmm. You could have brainstormed for a couple hours that night. I did that meditation on different show ideas I could do. Um, but I know that what my logical mind can come up with is nothing compared to what my intuitive knowing is capable of bringing forth. And I think it's just really surrendering to that. It's the fact that, I mean, it takes a bit of humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason why it's funny, I mean, 
I now have, you know, these recipes published. I've been on TV as a chef. Um, I've done recipe development for a ton of magazines and videos for a ton of different magazine um, platforms. And I've never gone to cooking school. I've never even taken a cooking class. Mm. And the reason I haven't is because I, I rely all on my intuition. Mm. Um, I let it flow through me. And I know that I honestly think if I did take a class on half of the things I do, it'd probably block me. <laughs> mm. And I'm not advocating against education at all. But I'm saying that if, you know, the right education, you know, for instance, like getting, tra- I've gotten trained in different meditation techniques, right? For me, it was important. I, I love learning, you know, the history and the rituals and all that that goes along with that. Um, I do have a ton of the meditations in the book are just straight channeled from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think when we kind of humble ourselves, when we acknowledge that, you know, it's not just that, you know, our logical mind doesn't know best. It's also that, you know, the sources outside of us don't know best. We have our own individualized blueprint. And when we can really tune in and tap in and let that flow and then listen to it, um, that's where the magic really happens. And so the, you know, the first part, long winded answer to that, but something I'm really <laughs> passionate about, mm. um, the first action step to that is definitely a daily practice and, um, surrendering. And like you said, you know, very beautifully taking those moments, acknowledging when you kind of hit those mini roadblocks, whether it's not knowing what to make for lunch or whether or not you should go to the gym or finish another extra hour at work. Um, whatever it is like seeing that kind of intersection, I like to think of, life sometimes times is a video game. And if you think of all those times in your life where if it life was a video game, the two, like the thing would, the screen would freeze, it would pop up and you'd be like, go this way and get lunch with your girlfriend or <laughs> go this way and go talk to your boss for a raise. <laughs> right. Um, if, if all those moments when they pop up, you actually like take that minute and like allow the screen to be frozen there for a hot second while you check in with yourself and see, Hmm, which button should I push? Mm. Which way do I want to go? Um, that we end up really living a life beyond our wildest dreams. Um, when, when we just give it that little time to, to tune in and check in. And then I think that all begins with meditation and, and tuning into your body. Mm, my gosh, that I, I love everything that you've shared and just what you were saying earlier about the book and everything you're teaching being about taking your power back is exactly what you're saying is we're putting so much power in external sources of wisdom and completely undervaluing the wisdom that we have access to if we just can create the space to stop and pause. I guess this is breaking down a lot of the rules. You were even talking about rules in business and and probably rules in diets as well that people have been living to and actually feeling okay, as you said, being completely in the unknown. That today, I know for me, sometimes my body wants meat, other days it just wants green juice. And to let that be okay, it's like this total deconstruction of all these rules we've kind of imposed on ourselves of how we think we should live. Yes. Oh my God. I love that you said that. Yes. Um, there's a section in the book called, um, well, I'm going to butcher it now. I don't remember, but something along the (laughs) lines, it's something along the lines of like, 
forget labels and just listen. And, you know, the book is very much a plant-based vegan recipe book, but it is by no means um, necessarily preaching a particular diet or way of life in that way. Um, It is simply saying, tune in and ask yourself. And I honestly, you know, have lived under kind of the eating constructs of what might be assumed as vegan for many years, um, but don't associate with it at all. And the reason that is, is because I really believe in that. I believe in that tuning into your body every day. I don't believe in making anything off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe in really, you know, allowing yourself to show up to that question every day. And when you do, when you like release all the labels or you release the need to be paleo or the need to be vegan or the need to follow so-and-so's meal plan or whatever it is, right? Um, and you just tune into your body, <laughs> you you probably don't need the kind of, let's say, quote unquote, like naughty bits that you eat sometimes as much because you're not saying that they're off limits. Mm. You know, whenever we say something is off limits, then you're just like fantasizing about it, <laughs> right? Like, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. You know, that one week that you're like, oh my God, I have an event, you know, on Saturday, I'm not going to eat like cookies this week that cookie that I always get at the coffee shop or whatever every day you go to the coffee shop you're just like drooling over that cookie Mm. where as if and then the the next week you'll probably eat it every single day (laughs) where as if we just don't have those kinds of we don't place those restrictions on ourselves then we can tune in every day and show up and you know let's say four to five days you're like you know I'm fine actually I don't need that cookie um and then one day you're like yeah you know what that looks really good and and I feel like that I, I want to have that today and it's fine that's not a big deal you don't have to beat yourself up about it you know mm. and um, so so when we're tuning in right and we're tuning into our bodies to sort of gain access to our inner wisdom sometimes what we encounter is also uncomfortable emotions so maybe this is why people are finding themselves emotionally eating is is that's actually mm-hmm. driving them and so I find sometimes I can tune in wanting to gain access to my intuition but there's anxiety sitting there or there's not in my tummy or there's emotion there's something going on inside of me is is part of our ability to pause and sit with ourselves not just about accessing our intuition but also our willingness to sit with with that stuff and, and how do you feel that relates to supporting people with things like emotional eating Oh my God. Yes. So much. Um, that is, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the tools I recommend, um, often to people that struggle with emotional eating is, um, to plan out a meal plan the day before, you know, not like a quote unquote meal plan, meal plan, but just like in your head or maybe like on a post-it note on your fridge, whatever, um, just in your, you know, just be like, okay, you know, I'm probably going to, I'm going to eat oatmeal with the berries that I got today at the farmer's market for breakfast and for lunch. I know I have a lunch meeting at this sushi place, so I'm going to get this sushi that I always get and I'll write down that roll. And then at dinner, you know, I've been really wanting some squash, so I'm going to have some squash with rice and some broccoli or whatever, right? And you just write it down. And you make sure that you pick out you make sure that your meals are big enough to fill you up, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if all goes well, if you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you shouldn't be hungry, you know? 
And if you're a snack person or let's say because of your job or a certain situation, there's a longer period between lunch and dinner, then you work in a snack. But you think about that snack the night before. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to get home until 8. I'm going to have a green apple with some almond butter at the office, you know. Mm -hmm. And you put that in. And then what happens is once you start doing that, first of all, if you're an emotional eater, you're going to freak out about the amount about the amount of time that you gain back into your life by simply planning out your meals just the night before because you all of a sudden there's no decision there's no like oh my god you're at the you're out to lunch or whatever, and you're like you know going back and forth between that salad you said you were going to have and you know this other thing you're fantasizing about or whatever right you already know what you have so it's like it's quick it's easy there's no thought involved So many of us spend so much energy on thinking about what we're going to (laughs) eat that, you know, it's really amazing when you like get that back in your day. And then second of all, you're going to be so confronted by your emotional feelings because you're not going to be numbing them out with your favorite foods. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the tough work that comes um, is really listening to those feelings. And, and the beautiful part about that is that when you're tuning in and when you're listening to those feelings is that you can actually, um, handle is not perhaps the right word, but let's say handle them in a productive way. You can, you know, I noticed for me a couple years ago when I, you know, was doing this, that, at night after dinner was the hardest time. I always wanted, I wanted something sweet. I wanted to like go take a walk and get a cupcake or whatever. Mm. And, and it was, and I would tune in and I'd be like, what? Like I was just so craving some sweetness in my life. Um, and I was so craving some love in my life. And so when I had to actually face that and look at it and say, what is it that I'm really craving? Because I know I'm not like emotional right now about that cupcake. Um, It's about something much deeper. That made me think, okay, so what is something that's actually going to help me? And one of the, you know, little tips or tools I always say is, you know, when you're craving sweetness, it's definitely a call for your body saying that your body wants some sweetness, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be sweet to yourself. Sometimes we're so rough on rough on ourselves all day. And so, you know, doing something like lighting candles and taking a beautiful bath with essential oils or, you know, Epsom salts and doing something super nurturing, you know, maybe that sweetness is doing something, you know, like calling a close girlfriend and actually having a, a vulnerable conversation about something that's going on. Um, perhaps that's, you know, curling up with a cup of tea and reading a favorite book or journaling or painting or whatever it is for you, but you actually find a more productive way to help you integrate whatever is going on Mm. instead of food. And same thing with stress. A lot of times we eat from a place of stress, um, which usually will come up during the day. And so when you when you kind of take out that little numbing factor that, you know, well, I'm just going to, at three o'clock, I'm just going to go get a donut and a coffee and that'll make like my afternoon just a little bit less, you know, frustrating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, then maybe you're like, you know what, at 3 p.m. what I want to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to take a walk around the block outside. I'm going to get some sunlight. I'm going to put on 
um, you know, a nice calming song that I like, or maybe, you know, download a, a short podcast or something to listen to. And I'm going to give myself that same 15 minutes or so away from the office that I would to go get the coffee and the donut, but I'm going to do it to do something that's nurturing. That's actually going to relax me and level my stress out. I mean, these are all such beautiful self-love practices. And I think it's that shift. So much of what you teach is that shift out of our fear-based way of living into more of a, a love-driven way of living. And how do you support people with some of the negative chatter that goes on in our head, which can happen, you know, so we have stress and different things playing out, but since we also just have really awful dialogue that goes through our minds. Um, have you have you ever sort of had to work through some of those in that inner critic, those old belief systems that tell you you're not good enough or what tools do you provide for people who are having a bit of that chaos going on in their heads? Oh my God, name me someone who doesn't and I will question their sanity. Everybody, yeah, I work on that so much. I've worked on that with myself. I worked on that with numerous clients and there's definitely a, you know, a whole section in the book on that because it's an important topic that all of us face. And one of my favorite, um, you know, counter, you know, combating tools for it is, um, Michael Singer, who wrote this incredible book called the, called the untethered soul that I highly recommend for anybody to read. Um, he describes the voice in your head, like a nasty roommate. And I remember, you know, the untethered soul has been one of those books that I almost like I give to almost every client I start working with. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's great because once we, once we get that, cause I've been trying to like figure out the way I realized that, you know, early on in my journey when I was going through those food allergies and I was really like kind of peeling my relationship, I realized that even, you know, there'd be times when I was eating healthy, but let's say I made like, you know, vegan gluten-free cookies and I'd eat the whole batch. And then I would just tell myself I was like fat and gross and like, you can't even do this right. And like, whatever. Mm. And I had this knowing that it wasn't really me. And I was like, no, real me loves me. Like a real me really wants to take care of me. And, you know, real me wouldn't speak that mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then I, when I finally, a few years later found Michael Singer's book and read it, I was like, yes, this is exactly the words, um, to describe this. And it's to really think of that negative chatter, like a nasty roommate, And if at any point in your life anyone's ever had, you know, a roommate that or maybe even like a classmate, perhaps, um, or a family member that was just kind of a mean person, (laughs) Um, that was just one of those people that like no matter what you do would make like a snarky comment or, you know, nothing was ever good enough for them. And then just made you feel really down on yourself. I think most of us, depending on the time in your life you're at, um, would probably have been like you know, you need to shut up or you need to get out or, you know, we're not going to live together anymore. Right. And, and I think it's so funny because we just accept, you know, this little nasty roommate in ourselves, and we're like, Oh my God, but she's right. But she's right. You know, I am fat. I am unworthy. Right. And when you start really, and this is a practice, right? Cause we've spent years of our life taking this voice as, as us. Um, but once you start, you know, separating it and consciously thinking that voice is a nasty roommate. And when that nasty roommate pipes up, you need to tell her to shut up. (laughs) And 
like I will I like this is a, like a deep practice I think mm-hmm. um, and it's something that if you're serious about freaking you know commit to it do it it's like with lifting weights you need to all of these things that we're talking about all of these tools they're not um you know they're not overnight miracles these are things that you genuinely need to incorporate in your day-to-day life you you've been spending most of your life up until this point either kind of on auto autopilot uh you know maybe it's emotionally eating or numbing your feelings or allowing this negative self-talk to run the show and make you feel crappy and now you got to take that power back now you got to build those muscles in the other direction and it takes a little time and it takes dedication. And it takes consistently doing it. And, you know, I'm sure the thought that's coming up in a lot of people's heads right now is like, well, that's, you know, probably easy for you to say because, you know, you know, now you're God knows how many years down the line. But, you know, what if when it feels really real, when it feels really well, you know what? It always feels really real in the beginning. Mm. Right. For all of us. And I'll I'll be honest, there's still some times today where it still feels really real. Yeah. As you continue growing and expanding, you go to new levels. That voice just becomes more evolved. (laughs) It just gives you a different version of the story. (laughs) I get smarter and tricky. And you have to, you know, you have to evolve with it and get, you know, and it it finds ways to talk to you in your own language. Oh, Oh, gosh, that's a whole other book. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Right. But it's like, so, so that's my one thing is just noticing it when it comes up, when, you know, when you try on that bridesmaid's dress and it's too tight and it's telling you that you should probably go on a juice cleanse or not eat lunch with your friends because you're fat and how dare you have to go up a size in the, you know, this awkward missized bridesmaid dress that you're trying on anyway. And, um, you know, just to literally there are times where, um, I will actually out loud just be like, shut up. and and then I laugh at myself that's that that was the second part of that is (laughs) laughing at it and um I I have a I have a pretty like naughty mouth I'll say um (laughs) I'm like I I I don't know I I just grew up with that and then um so there sometimes I'll be like you mean B (laughs) you need to hush (laughs) And then I'll, I'll let, that allows me to laugh at it, right? And, you know, when I'm <clears throat> trying at, you know, bathing suit season every year, right? We confront our friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when you can, like, go in that dressing room and you're going to hear those voices and I start cracking up laughing. <laughs> I just start cracking up laughing. And I'm like, you're still here? You're such a fighter, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and, but I just laugh at it and it mm-hmm. sounds, you know, it can, it sounds so silly, but I promise you, if you just try it, if you really commit to it, start doing it for a couple weeks, the first week you're going to feel like you're losing your mind <laughs> and you might even not believe what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But as you keep on integrating it slowly, but surely you're going to start laughing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden what happens when you're able to see it, call it out, realize it's not you and then laugh at yourself for it while you're telling your nasty roommate to shush. It takes all of the energy out of it. It takes all of the trigger out of it. It no longer has any power over you. It's no longer going to affect, you know, you can try on that bathing suit and then go with your girlfriends and have lunches planned and you don't have to like order the side salad because you feel gross, Mm. you know? Um, 
so I think that those are, those are my two little favorite tools to combating the negative self-talk. And, and I do think uh, a major part of that is just realizing that we all have it. Mm-hmm. We all have it. You know, you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, it's, it's something that all of us have to, you know, build our muscles on and get into, you know, um, you know, a, a healthy relationship with. Mm. And I think what you shared at the start, which I think is the beginning point, is the choice to actually challenge that voice. I, I realize that in myself. Sometimes I catch it and I'm like, hang on, I've been believing this for a little while now. Like, I'm actually not challenging the the negative thoughts. I'm just believing them. And as we just believe them and let them kind of play out, we give them more power, as you were saying, and then they get stronger and then they just become really real. But I think it's the moment that we choose to catch it out and 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 choose to challenge it and choose to be like, Hey, what is this crazy voice? And when you actually tune in, you realize it's the same story. Like it's the same voice and it's the same like five sentences that it just tends to say (laughs) on repeat. So it's like nothing original. (laughs) And when you really look at it, I think it's that choice to challenge it and that choice to, um, invite in a different perspective or then go and find a more loving way to support yourself through that rather than just letting it run and take over your life. Yes, exactly. And so for you, um, I'm just curious, moving forward in your life at the moment, because I know that, you know, you're on a big expansive journey and you keep moving to the next level, releasing books and your beautiful membership (laughs) community, Appreciative. And, and, you know, we're on this big journey of expansion. We always are in some shape or form. But I know for me, the more my work calls me bigger, for me personally, the more sometimes of my own insecurities or self-doubt or or vulnerability around (laughs) being visible like that stuff's getting really triggered for me and I'm wondering maybe you if you'd be open to sharing what's kind of coming up for you at the moment that you're having to process and move through as you're stepping to the next level in your work oh I love that you asked this question (laughs) um this is such a juicy question that no one has asked me yet yay Um, awesome (laughs) um yeah so much, um, Mm -hmm. to be honest, so much. I have, um, so let's see where to begin. First thing that has been happening is I have been more than ever been forced to practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. Um, what I preach, especially in this book, um, with setting up the foundation for expansion by really solidifying, um, nourishing meditation, self-care and food, um, rituals and practices. Um, I'm, you know, that I'm usually good with that, that obviously that's, you know, my main work and my whole thing is being mm-hmm. in integrity with that. But the book launch has the book launch and simultaneous launch of appreciate just a couple of months ago. Um, they're both pretty much, it's like kind of like having two babies at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been more demanding than anything I could have ever imagined um, up until this point. And, and so that has really, you know, kind of caught me, right, in ways where I really had to practice, like really practice what I preach and sometimes put my foot down and say, you know what, I'm closing the laptop. I don't care that I have 200 unanswered emails. You know, I'm going to have to let one of my, my assistant get it or let people wait for a week to get a response because today I need to go meditate by the ocean. I need to go walk on the beach. I need to go reconnect with myself because I'm so overwhelmed. Um, 
It has made, you know, taking baths at night and fueling myself properly like a non-negotiable. And um, just to keep my health during, you know, the demands and the pressure, I felt, um, quite honest, uh, you know, this book is, it's like, it's a baby to me. It's something that I love so dearly. And, you know, as I talk about, you know, kind of how whenever I'm in that space of, you know, a crossroads or something like that, really surrendering up, that's something that's really happened recently with it, where, you know, um, I'm all about being fully open and honest, um, with you guys. So I don't have, you know, millions of dollars, like (laughs) a lot of, you know, kind of, let's say more like, uh, famous authors or famous gurus that you know, right? Um, I, you know, I live a comfortable life, but I, I don't really have hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw into a book launch mm-hmm. um, and to throw into all of that. And so I'm doing a lot of the, the work myself. Um, and I'm really relying on the beautiful community I have to help spread it. And I'm relying on, you know, the, the message of the book and the energy of the book to help get it around. And that has, has put a lot of stress on me. And there have definitely been moments where, you know, I've been upset with myself for not being able to be in that position where I could, you know, I had big budgets to spend on advertising or PR, or, you know, a lot of the things that you that you see when you see people that are like on the New York Times bestselling list, you know, you notice that they have all these ads running and that, you know, they're doing all these events and stuff. And that was something that I really had a big moment with myself with. I, I got really upset and it kind of came to a head and I felt like I had all of this stuff on my plate and I felt like I wasn't doing the book justice and, you know, all the things that come up. And, uh, of course I do what I always do. Right. I, mm-hmm. well, I cry and then I meditate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I really meditated on it and I allowed myself to take that step back. And I allowed myself to once again, call on the guidance of my higher self of my beautiful angelic team mm-hmm. and, um, and said, please, you know, like help me, you know, help me know what, you know, help me know what to do. Help me know how to support this in the best way possible and bring myself back. And, you know, really showing up for that has allowed me to reach a a whole new level of surrender Mm. of, you know, surrendering something so important to me. Um, and just being in, you know, the daily guidance with that and trusting, trusting that I think that's what happens. You know, the more we, grow and level up and all these different things. It's, you know, sometimes we're asked to surrender on a whole nother level. We're asked to realize we're not in charge on a whole nother level. Um, and we're really, you know, tested to use our tools. So, um, I've been in, you know, a very beautiful daily practice of just holding the energy for all the people that, you know, I know this book is going to transform and this book is going to help get their power back and allowing myself to focus back on the energetics and, um, and the power I truly have in that realm and releasing a lot of the kind of like, you know, hoopla business stuff that I honestly don't resonate with anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, 
trusting that I'm going to be guided through like beautiful podcasts like this. And, you know, it's really been magical since I hit that turning point and surrendered and got down on my knees. Um, it's been overwhelming how gorgeous and loving and sweet the support has been from my community and from magical, you know, instances of people hearing about me from a friend of a friend and connecting me with someone that they know who has a pot. Like there have been so many like beautiful serendipitous occurrences that I've kind of flooded in to show me that like this book has its own wings and I don't have to worry, you know, about like having control of every single detail. I can truly, you know, show up, do the work I'm guided to do, you know, show up for what I'm intuitively inspired for and, and release it. Mm. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. I think with anyone who has anything they are really passionate about or that they desire, that they want or that they love, there can be the tendency for us to come in in our control or kind of heady or fear-based way and create plans and strategy and take action from that that frenetic kind of place of without realizing we're coming from lack or need but again I mean this is and I love that you're saying this is like a deeper level of practice for you too is to surrender even more in those moments and step back and ask for the guidance and allow the support to come in the way that it's it's meant to come and it wants to come versus the the head plan that we sometimes try to push you know the the dream into yeah Mm. I think we all you know whatever you know one of the other kind of biggest things was definitely with uh similar but with the you know a different situation was you know my little brother Mm. right it was like when we kind of get these mountains in our lives which are things that are you know so important to us for whatever reason um, whether it's a family member, whether it's a project we love, whether it's, you know, even just, you know, something with our, you know, so, something with the body that's been like a long struggle for us. Um, those are the hardest things to surrender, but it's those that are the most miraculously transformed and elevated when we do, when we really give them over and we, we take a step back and say, Hey, tell me what to do, yeah. you know, allow that space. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. It has been so incredible um, speaking to you. Like I said, I've, I've followed you from afar and it was very serendipitous when um, when I saw that your book had come out because I'd been sort of sitting here for a while feeling like I wanted to connect with you and, and then it, it came together so perfectly, which is just a further example of, of what we've just been talking about, how people are drawn together and at the time they're meant to speak and when they're meant to speak for the purpose of what it's meant to serve. And so we always just need to keep trusting that. So I would love my audience to be able to learn more about your book and everything that you're doing. So can you share with them where to find out more about you and what they can expect from you over the next few months? I'm guessing it's continuing to work with the book or is there anything else going on? Yes, yes, of course. So you can find me on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Cassandra Bodzak, um, my website, CassandraBodzak.com. You can watch some episodes of Eat With Intention TV at EatWithIntentionTV.com, um, as well as, uh, you know, meditations, recipes, life advice on YouTube, uh, which is just YouTube.com slash TV. And I'm sure we'll put all these links below mm-hmm. so you don't have to remember them. <laughs> um <laughs> 
I'll also put in a link to, um, you know, pre-order the book. If you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this pre-order or order the book, depending when it's out, um, it launches November 15th. And there's also a special two hour intensive, uh, workshop that is a bonus if you, uh, pre-order the book. So I'll put the link below for that as well as a seven day free trial for anyone who wants to try appreciate. Mm. So, um, my plan is really, I am just giving this book, this book is, uh, going to have, you know, uh, uh, like a nice launch before the holiday season. And then I am very much looking forward to, um, a rejuvenating holiday season with my family and loved ones and kind of allowing myself to relax and restore. And then it'll have a second life in the spring mm -hmm. and I'll be doing numerous events, um, all over, um, the U S in the spring that will, um, be kind of like new year, new you, like take your power back, you know, teaching a lot of the tools that we talked about. So, um, if you're interested in coming to a live event and you are listening to this, um, in the U S I might be doing one in London too, but we're still fleshing that one out. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely get on my email list so that you're in the loop. I'd love to hug you and squeeze you in person. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, I'm really looking forward to giving appreciate it's time in the sun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I kind of created it, but it's been overshadowed with the book because the book has been, you know, front and center spotlight. So I'm super, super, you know, appreciate is a, you know, uh, really one of my like life missions <laughs> mm -hmm. really comes to fruition. And it's something that I'm so passionate about and I'm so excited, um, to give it, um, the attention and love and, and spotlight that it deserves come the spring. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amazing. And, um, I have, I have listeners from all over the world. So anyone who is based in the States or even the UK, you might get a chance to see you live. And if you ever come to Australia, make sure you let us know as well. Cause we would love you. I would love to come to Australia. So I'm just going to put that out into the yeah, universe. Put it out there. <laughs> you know, a, a way that makes sense for me to be in Australia for something. Mm -hmm. Um, that would be an absolute blessing. I know the book will out, be out in bookstores in Australia as well. Oh, amazing. Fantastic. We'll keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so beautiful speaking with you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thank you so much for your beautiful questions. This was great. I'm so, I'm so thrilled to have been on. My pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you to everyone who's been tuned in to this week's episode of Awaken Radio. If you want to leave us any comments or feedback, you can hop on over to my blog at ConnieChapman.com and all the show notes for this episode and all the links that Cassandra mentioned will be available over there for you as well. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will talk to you next week. Lots of love. Bye.